Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates and I am your host. I'm joined, as always, by Ray Garvin. Ray, how's it going, man? Doing well, Kyle. We're out here in the uh, the Texas snowstorm of the century, so uh, still hanging in there, man. Doing well and excited to talk some Dynasty this evening. Yeah, for sure. For all those who are dealing with the Texas snowstorm, like yourself, please stay safe, stay warm, do the best you can. Obviously, we know that this is... We were talking a little bit before we started recording. Like This is just crazy for... Texas to be dealing with this type of weather. They do not have the type of infrastructure that we have here in like Michigan and the Midwest and up North. So please stay safe, play, please uh, stay warm, do the best that you can. Uh, you can find Ray on Twitter at Ray GQ. That's Q U E. And I can be found on Twitter as well at Kyle Y NFL. Our show outline for uh, the tonight's recording. I guess I can say tonight because we're recording at 9 PM. Uh, we've got some news that we're just going to go through. Nothing, nothing breaking. No major uh, QB trades to talk through this one uh, under the radar dynasty buys. And then, If we've got time, we might talk about a 2021 QB preview here, just looking at our top five rankings and kind of just introducing these names to you guys and kind of giving our breakdown of them, at least briefly. So before we get into the news, though, thank you, thank you, thank you. With our first episode, I requested that people take some time and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and you all certainly did just that. With just one episode in the bank, we're already at 121 ratings last time I checked, and we were up to, at one point, number 17 in the top sports shows on Apple Podcasts. So I just wanted to take a quick second and point that out and make sure that we said thank you for the support. Yes. Ray, anything you want to add right yeah, here, brother? Yeah, no, we, we, we really appreciate it, honestly. Like, that feedback, uh, it, it really fuels us to continue to push hard, to continue to keep dropping heat for you guys. Uh, out there listening so we really really from the bottom of our hearts and and fantasy pros i know can say the same we're really appreciative and thankful 
Absolutely. All right, let's take a look at some news items here. And these were all compiled by, from our news desk at Fantasy Pros. You can find all this at Fantasy Pros NFL on Twitter. I highly recommend that you hit the follow button over there to make sure that you don't miss any breaking news. But Jamison Crowder, wide receiver for the New York Jets, could potentially be a cap casualty this offseason. I was looking at his contract. He's got one year left, $1 million in dead cap if the Jets were to move on but then $10.5 million in cap savings. So for a team that's already sitting towards the top of the NFL, like salary cap, right? They've got plenty of room to work with. Moving on from Jamison Crowder could give them even more room. Now the question becomes, who the heck's going to play wide receiver for them? If they do move on from Jamison Crowder, Ray, there's a wide receiver on the Jets that we'll be talking about here in just a little bit. But do you expect them to target one of these free agent wide receivers that could hit the market, a Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, if he makes it, Chris Godwin, if he makes it, that kind of, that kind of situation. Do you see them backing up the Brinks truck for one of those guys? Well, with Robert Sala coming in from the San Francisco 49ers, I definitely think that, that the New York Jets is a potential landing spot for one of these free agent wide receivers. As far as backing up the Brinks truck, I'm not sure, you know, just based on how San Francisco built their team, how much money they'd be willing to to spend on a free agent wide receiver. But I do think they are a team that could, you know, definitely bring in a free agent wide receiver to help out Denzel Mims and some of those other players and potentially a new quarterback. Yeah. And I mean, Jamison Crowder has been a friend of Sam Darnold, right? Like when he's on the field, he's a very productive wide receiver. This just comes down to, do you really want to dedicate that much money to right. a slot wide receiver who hasn't been on the field fully healthy for the past couple of seasons. So we'll wait and see on that, but just wanted to at least mention that another news items here, Jimmy Garoppolo to remain with the 49ers, unless the team takes in quotes, a big swing. This is kind of stating the obvious is like, unless the team trades for a new quarterback, he's going to be the quarterback <laughs> next season. Right. Uh, so kind of obvious there, but I think moving into free agency, everyone's talking, or at least the draft too, like people are talking about San Francisco being a team that could move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and draft a quarterback or bring one in in free agency. They've been rumored, right? So I guess if they don't sign, the question I wanted to ask you, Ray, if they don't sign someone in free agency, does this eliminate them from taking a quarterback in the NFL draft? Do you think that at that point, Jimmy Garoppolo is their guy moving into next season. Yeah, I think so. I know it sounds good to talk about them drafting a quarterback and sort of starting over with a quarterback, and that's what you're going to do. If you're any of these rookies outside, even Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, they're going to have their growing pains, right? You bring in a rookie quarterback with this team, with the defense they've built, with the offensive weapons around them. George Kittle is not getting any younger. I mean, you're essentially kind of starting over a little bit. So I know a lot of people have soured on Jimmy Garoppolo, but he is one year removed or two years removed from a Super Bowl appearance. He played well. He's not some superstar quarterback, but when healthy, he's serviceable in that Kyle Shanahan offense. So if they don't, I think they're going to roll with Jimmy G, just like uh, Shanahan said. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Gus Edwards could receive an extension from the Ravens this offseason. He performed very, very well in his uh, backup role that he had, or at least complimentary role uh, that he had last season with the Ravens. With the with Baltimore already moving on from Mark Ingram, it looks like Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins are going to be the main guys moving into next season. It all depends. It's kind of a wait-and-see game to see if they add anyone else or if they're going to kind of rely on Justice Hill for that change of pace. Uh, and other complimentary role there with how much they'd run the football. But if they don't, Gus Edwards uh, is definitely going to see his dynasty stock increase if he is the main guy alongside J.K. Dobbins there. 
Additionally, Zach Ertz could be a cut or trade candidate this offseason. This is kind of the writing on the wall here in Philadelphia with him being injured for the majority of last season, even when he was healthy to start the season, was not productive, was not the same. Could a change of scenery maybe, you know, impact that, change things that's a wait and see kind of situation. But I think Zach Ertz's best dynasty days are definitely behind him. Trevor Lawrence will be looking at a four to five month recovery from a shoulder surgery to his non-throwing shoulder. He had his pro day, moved that up, was just here this past week, looked great, uh, able to send the ball deep downfield. And then, and then now he's going under surgery to be able to repair that non-throwing shoulder. Ray, does this move him off of being the 101 or the number one overall pick in the NFL draft? No, that's all I got. No, yeah, I, I, it makes sense because no. yeah, if you're, if you are, <laughs> if you are taking a four to five month recovery window and you're moving off of him as the number one overall pick, then you need to seriously be rethinking yes. your strategy and what you're doing <laughs> yeah. in that spot. Right. So now Trevor Lawrence fully expect him to be the number one overall pick. I'd love some news at least though, to like kind of spice this up because already I've done two mock drafts at fantasy pros and I've got Trevor Lawrence at the one Oh one. And I'm like, well, I'm not moving <laughs> off of this. Like, it's kind of boring, right? I want I want yeah. some spice in this, but no, I don't think it's going to happen. Trevor nah, Lawrence, number one overall fine. pick in Jacksonville. Tyrell Williams is expected to be released from the Raiders next month. He obviously opted out this past season, and he's got a significant cap hit this upcoming season. I, it sounds like he's going to be moving on. You're looking at now Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, and Hunter Renfro. Do they potentially bring in another wide receiver? They've been rumored around Juju Smith-Schuster, one of those types of guys. So, We'll wait and see, but if you've been holding on to Tyrell Williams and Dynasty, it doesn't look like it's going to be amounting to anything here soon. And then finally, Todd Gurley is not expected to return to the Falcons this season. That's kind of another one of those, like, yeah, duh, uh, with yeah. him being benched halfway through the season or at least giving the starting job up to Brian Hill and Ito Smith, right? Todd Gurley, man, f- talk about a fall from grace. Like, just yeah. a few years ago was the number one, like, in Dynasty startups, what was he going? Number one overall? Like, yeah. you... And then now there's a very good potential that we don't see Todd Gurley in the NFL next season. You know, but that, Kyle, and I know we'll talk about this in future shows, man, but this is dynasty and it happens really, really quick. And like you said, two, three years ago, he was an MVP candidate, offensive player of the year. And now you're looking at a player that nobody wants. Nobody wants to draft. You don't want Todd Gurley and. This is the strategy of dynasty. It's getting out of those veterans before they fall off of a cliff because once it goes bad, it goes bad very, very quick. So uh, you hate to see it, but that's part of the game, man. Yeah. Again, thank you to the Fantasy Pros News Desk for putting that together. Again, you can find that at Fantasy Pros NFL. All right, let's look at some of the under under the radar dynasty buys right now. These are guys, and we're going to talk about some players and they're, some people are going to be in our mentions. They're going to be yelling at us like, that's not under the radar. <laughs> there's no there's no radar. We Like, there's no definitive line, okay? We don't make the rules. So I guess, you know, just roll with it. Roll with us. We're going to talk about under the radar dynasty bias. These guys who are not being talked about enough right now that we think that you can get pretty cheap in your dynasty league, or at least ones that you should at least be paying attention to, maybe sending out offers for. So I'm going to turn this over to Ray. Ray, your yes. first option here for under the radar dynasty buy who do you got? Yes, yes, Kyle. This is I am I am buying. I am trying to acquire this player every single league that I'm in, and I'm already done it in a couple of leagues. But Denver Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton. Yes, Cortland Sutton, one year removed from an 1100 yard season. I know things were bad in Denver. 
Drew Locke. You had a guy that played wide receiver or whatever he played in college trying to throw the ball. Uh, Milton and the, the quarterback situation's a mess. They're talking about Carson Wentz, all of these things. They drafted Jerry Judy. They drafted K.J. Hamler. They drafted Albert O. Cortland Sutton is a player who, going into next season, he's still going to be 25, 26 years old, six foot four, 220 pounds. He's big, he's fast, he's physical, he's shown that he can produce as a rookie over 700 receiving yards, follows that up with 1,100 yards in his sophomore season, I know, his second year in the NFL, and then he only played in like a half this season, if right. that, before tearing up his knee. So I think that Cortland Sutton, he's he got injured early enough, I know that sounds bad, but injured early enough to where hopefully, I, I believe he'll be full strength by the start of the 2021 NFL season and he is a player player Kyle that I want I want that big alpha dynamic wide receiver in Cortland Sutton still at a young age in dynasty my number one dynasty target under the radar prop player is is Cortland Sutton from Denver well there are so many arguments against Cortland Sutton right now you talked about it Jerry Judy KJ Hamler there's so many mouths to feed in this offense now, and that's not even mentioning the running backs of Melvin Gordon Philip Lindsay and how many at least targets that they get out of the backfield that's taken away some right Cortland Sutton the talent is absolutely worth rostering in dynasty leagues and viewing very highly so I guess I won't ask you this for every single like pick that we you know choose here but yet you said that you've acquired Cortland Sutton in some leagues. What have you been giving up to get Cortland Sutton? Where's the oh. value point for you? Second rounders in 2021. I've given yeah. up a 2021 second and that sometimes maybe it's a 2021 third and a 2022 first. Sure. Take it. I'll deal with 2022 13 months from now. I'm not even worried right. about that pick at this point in time. But if you're talking about a second round pick, I would take Cortland Sutton over everybody who's being projected to be drafted in the second round of single quarterback half point PPR leagues right now. Easy. Yeah. And that again, Drew Locke was not great. Like we, we can talk right. about that all we want. Drew Locke, not great in 2021, but yet her in 2020, but yet the play can only go up. Right. And then that's not also taking into account that they've been rumored around some of these other guys like a Deshaun Watson, right? If Deshaun Watson does yeah. eventually become available, I think Denver is going to make a play or Denver could also be trading up in the NFL draft to go get one of these guys that we'll talk about here in a little bit. One of these top four quarterbacks, they could absolutely be in that conversation at that point, Cortland Sutton's entire situation upgrades. So there if you can is. get him for a 2021 second, you're getting in before his stock yep. skyrockets. And that's the whole point. Get these guys right now before their situation changes, or at least before they're, you know, like people come to their senses and go like, oh, wait, it's been a long time since I've seen Cortland Sutton play football. He's actually pretty good. I think everything that you're saying, and, and for those of you tuning in for the first time or you're new to Dynasty, this is what Kyle is explaining is a part of the game. What happens if Denver takes Trey Lance? Everybody on that team, their value increases exponentially, and there's yep. no way you'd be able to get uh, a Cortland Sutton for a second-round pick. So this is why you got to do this kind of like you have to make this move now. If they announce tomorrow that Carson Wentz was, was traded there, his value goes up. Maybe not as much as one of the young guns, but right. this is why you got to do this now, man. Yeah, so I'm going to look at a guy who – I don't know if their situation is necessarily going to improve a ton, but yet I think because of the situation surrounding him right now, his value is at an all-time low. And that's Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is still only 27, 28 years old. I can look that up in a second, but still really young. 
it seems like he's a lot older because he's been traded so many freaking times, but yet still a very, very talented wide receiver, still very productive when he's on the field. Obviously, he has the quarterback situation hanging over his head. Does Deshaun Watson play another snap for the Houston Texans? Based on his contract, based on the situation, or all all signs coming out of the front office there in Houston, I think it's going to be a standoff. And so there's a very, I won't call it good possibility, but there's a possibility that we still see Deshaun Watson playing quarterback for the Houston Texans next season. At that point, Mm. Will Fuller is moving on in free agency, most likely. Then you have, what, Randall Cobb, Kiki QT, <laughs> you know, and, and it's Brandon Cooks. So Brandon Cooks, due to the volatility surrounding him right now, I think you can get him super cheap. Not many people are wanting to go out there and acquire Brandon Cooks. And then let me talk about the other side of this. If they do move on from Deshaun Watson, then you're going to have several first-round picks coming back. You're most likely going to have some quarterback being exchanged in that deal. So, you know, the rumors right now around Miami. At that point, you would see Tua Tunga by Loa come back in that trade package, most likely. That's right. not a significant draw, but it's not like they're going back to Brock Osweiler throwing the quarterback or throwing the football, right? So Brandon Cooks is still going to be productive in some way, shape, or form. And right now people are just willing to like completely get him off of their roster. So yeah. I wanted to make sure that we mentioned Brandon Cooks. He's not like my number one or just saying like, hey, go, you know, Go get him no matter what, but yet at least send out the inquiry there with Brandon Cooks and see what you can get him for because I think that his value right now is just is rock bottom. That was a really good one, Yates. And I didn't know that you were going to start with Brandon Cooks, but five of his seven years, over 1,000 yards receiving. Last year, 119 targets. I mean, you know, he's, he's one of those guys, and you're not talking about Brandon Cooks as your wide receiver one here. You're talking right. about two wide receiver, three flex play. I mean, if, you, if, if you're telling me I can get 80 receptions, 1,100 yards, and six TDs in my flex, I mean, he, you're absolutely right. That was a really good call. I like that one. I like that Brandon Cooks call a lot. Yeah, and I don't think that, again, we going back to what you said with Court and Sutton of like a 2021 second, I, the 2021 third might actually get that deal yeah. done <laughs> as we move towards the NFL yes. draft, right? As the rookie hype starts to settle in. I think that a 2021 third. I think you could actually get Brandon Cook. So you, probably you can do could. that. I, you I would highly could. recommend it. Let's go back to you here, man. Who is your number two or your second one that you want to throw out? Whatever order. There's no okay, rules. I'm going to th- throw this out. And I cannot believe I'm saying this because I have talked about this player and bashed him multiple times, right? Not the player, but just the production. But Corey Davis, wide receiver currently of the Tennessee Titans, but still only 25, going to be 26 years old coming off of his best career, best year of his career, right? 65 receptions, almost hit 1,000 yards. And there were times during Tennessee season where he looked dominant. You know, I know that's crazy to say, the fifth-year breakout for Corey Davis. Is he going to resign in Tennessee, or is he going to take his talents elsewhere? I, you know, it would be nice to see him come back. I think they have a very good offense with Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, of course, Ryan Tannehill doing his thing. Yates, I know you love you some Jonu Smith, but I'm just saying <laughs> – Corey Davis is a player that, and, and, and we're talking about these players as dynasty buys, and none of these guys that we're, we're throwing out there should cost you a lot as far as draft capital equity. I mean, you, you talked about a third rounder for Brandon Cooks. That's probably what you're trading to get Corey Davis. And right now, based on rookie ADP, you're talking about a player like Tutu Atwell or you know somebody yeah. like that for Corey Davis, a proven NFL talent. 
trade. Give me the give me the player. I want to win. The name of the game is to win. Give me Corey Davis over Tutu Atwell. Oh, 100%. Now, I think the the narrative, there are going to be some people s- listening and saying like, no way can you get Corey Davis for a 2021 third or whatever. But yet the narrative against Corey Davis is that some people are going to be sitting there saying, well, fifth year breakout or whatever it was. Yeah, fifth year. Fifth year breakout, was it a fluke? Was last season a fluke? Yeah. Does he go and sign with an offense that is, you know, not as good? Was it, is he going to be the same? There are a bunch of factors that are going up against Corey Davis here where the owner might be willing to part with him super cheap. Now, I, a 2021 third, I would be surprised if you can get that. It might merge more into the 2021 second, at least in my estimation, but I'm not going to doubt you, man. I think that uh, Corey Davis can definitely be had for cheap comparative to what his value could be. And here's the thing, right? And and we'll do a whole show on this. I have seen some wild, wild things happen after these players get drafted and when you're on the clock in your rookie drafts and dynasty rookie drafts. I'm telling you, I've seen people move in my home league, move third rounders for a future first round pick just to get the sleeper named Darwin Thompson or to get this player right. that somebody crazier things have happened on the clock in dynasty rookie drafts. I, that is for sure. Anyone who has played dynasty more than one year knows that that is the case. Uh, I'm going to go with a running back here. And this is kind of a guy who we haven't seen since what week three, week four of the 2020 NFL season, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, Mm. everyone is going crazy right now, or at least was towards the end of the season about David Montgomery. David Montgomery played against Houston and, you know, and and these uh, Jacksonville and he went on a tear like he was just fantastic. But part of it was that he didn't have Tariq Cohen in that backfield when Tariq Cohen is healthy and he's part of the future plans here for Chicago. I think that he can still be a factor. He can still be someone who can soak up targets. I think a year ago, two years ago, I sold Tariq Cohen for a first round pick in Dynasty because he was coming off of that major season. He's an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield. We know that Nagy loves him here in this offense. So I think that Tariq Cohen coming back fully healthy, not many people are thinking about him because it's been a while since we've seen him on the season. It's the same thing as, or on the field, it's the same thing as Cortland Sutton. I think that we need to be talking about Tariq Cohen and at least saying, look, especially at the running back position. Go out, look what you can acquire him for, because I think that he can still be a factor. Now, I don't think that he's going to be an RB2 or an RB1 like he was in 2018 or 2019, whatever that was. But yet, I do think that he can still be a factor, someone who is a solid depth piece. And if you right. can get him super, super cheap, I highly recommend doing it. It's another good one. A player that, again, I know a lot of people listen, and there's no way you can trade uh, Tariq Cohen and get a, a second or a third. Yeah, there are, there, there is a way and it will happen and you'll see it happen. And I think he is one of those good pieces because Chicago's probably going to upgrade the quarterback position. At least that's what it looks like. And you get a healthy Tariq Cohen back. He is a weapon. You know, he's going to play on third downs and then he gives you a little bit of a rushing upside when he gets the ball. I think that's a good one because he's not going to cost you a lot to acquire. And you know, since we're on the running back theme here, I'm going to go to a, a real gross sounding name. I know this isn't a, a a staple of your dynasty team, but Jeff Wilson out of San Francisco. OK, Jeff Wilson is the player that, you know, he had the battle through Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. And all that he did was find a way to get on the field when opportunity presented itself and produced, right? Over 600 yards on the ground, over 130 receiving yards, 
multiple TDs on the ground. He was always utilized as a goal line back. And we know that running backs in Kyle Shanahan's offense perform well. We know that, right? Jeff Wilson is not some ultra-talented player. He's not going to win you a dynasty championship. He's not going to do that. But what he does is provide you a solid depth piece that if you need to in a pinch, potentially you can throw him in a flex. Or if there are injuries at the most fragile position in football that occur, you know that Jeff Wilson has the trust of Kyle Shanahan and he'll be on the field. In worst case scenario, he'll be down there at the goal line and he can catch passes. So when you're talking about cost of acquisition, now, you can debate Corey Davis for a third. You can debate Tariq Cohen for a third. <laughs> right. You ain't debating Jeff Wilson. Right. I mean, third is like max that I'd pay for Jeff Wilson. So he's a player that, you know, low cost of acquisition. Sign me up for some Jeff Wilson. I love this call because my initial gut reaction was, no, I don't want Jeff Wilson. But yet when you <laughs> like dig into it a little bit more, when you evaluate the situation, you say, Okay, there's actually a, a pretty serious path here for Jeff Wilson to be a relevant fantasy asset moving forward. I've looked at this situation last season, and I remember thinking, maybe it was like week 13, 14, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kyle Shanahan just nuke this backfield <laughs> heading into next season, yeah. right? Like, Tevin Coleman at this point can't stay healthy. He's, he right. hasn't been good for since Atlanta. Jarek McKinnon, he doesn't seem intent on using him, so they're going to move on from Jarek McKinnon. Raheem Mostert even, like... He, try, he added on weight this past season to try to maintain his durability. He was in and out of the lineup the entire season. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if we saw them just completely move on from every running back in this backfield, and then we see Jeff Wilson get an extension. And so heading into next season, Jeff Wilson is going to be on the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if I can say that about any other running back in this backfield right now, maybe Raheem Mostert, but yet yeah, Jeff Wilson has proved that he can be reliable and that he can be a relevant fantasy asset when he is given the opportunity. So, yeah, like you said, definitely not for a 2021 second, 2021 first, or anything like that, but yet for a solid depth piece. And this is really important for those who are just starting to play Dynasty. Depth matters. Yeah. Don't go out and sell out all your depth just for these top-tier guys, and then when they get injured, you're screwed. You know, like, yep. don't do that. When you need the depth, and you mentioned the most fragile position, in all of football, absolutely. We see running backs get injured all the time. So have the depth at the position. Jeff Wilson, perfect call. I love that. Before we keep moving with today's episode, I want to take a second to tell you about Reality Sports Online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated, though? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. I'm going to bring up a wide receiver here. 
that I alluded to earlier when we were talking about Jamison Crowder. I'm going to talk about Denzel Mims. And I think you and I have talked about him previously saying that this is a wide receiver who, one, was raw coming into the NFL, in my opinion. I thought that he needed some more time to develop, get more, become more of a refined route runner, just get more acclimated to the NFL level. And he's flashed last season, was in and out of the lineup, of course. But yet, when you look at his situation for next season, one, Adam Gase is out of town. Thank the Lord. <laughs> then two, now that you, you might have a quarterback upgrade. I still think that even regardless, I still think that Sam Darnold can feed him the ball. Yeah. But yet, Jamison Crowder potentially moving on. What happens if they move into next season with Denzel Mims, Brashad Perryman, and they bring in like an Amari Rodgers, right? Like, it's not a solid wide receiver core, but yet at that point, Denzel Mims becomes an immediate value. He becomes someone who the quarterback, regardless of who it is, is going to lock onto and feed the ball to. So Mims right now, his value is pretty low because the fantasy manager who has Denzel Mims on their dynasty roster right now is probably not thinking 10 steps ahead right now and saying, okay, what happens if they do move on from Jamison Crowder? What happens if this, 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 right? Right. But when we can sit here and we can say, okay, what happens if this does happen? If this, this, this happens, Denzel Mims could be a consistent wide receiver too for you next season. At yeah. that point, this is a guy who you can get for, I would be fine sending away a 2021 second. I really would. A, a back end 2021 second for Denzel Mims because I think that he has the top tier talent. I think that he needed that year to acclimate. I think that he has that under his belt now. He has a potential quarterback upgrade. All these things are laying out where Denzel Mims, his stock could drastically increase heading into next season. And here's the thing. It, it, his stock even sort of took a hit after Jacksonville secured the number one spot because we thought for the longest Trevor Lawrence was going right, to the right. Jets, right? And then Mims was like unacquirable, like Denzel Mims, Trevor Lawrence. And now that Jacksonville is the Trevor Lawrence's presumed landing spot, I think his value kind of took a dip because people don't know what the Jets are going to do. Are they going to go Sewell? Are they going to go Zach Wilson or Fields or trade the pick? So I think Denzel Mims, you've got another window, people. Kyle and I have told you for months, go get Denzel Mims. You have another small window to do that now because of the uncertainty of that Jets pick. And I'm ag I agree with you. Even if it's Sam Darnold, I know Jets fans don't want to hear that, but even if it's Sam Darnold, I think Mims is pretty much safe. He's locked into at least the second option on that, at least the second option in that offense. Right, right, at least. Yeah, let's hear who you got here for number four. All right, well, I'll stick with the rookie wide receiver theme. Since you went Mims, I'll go with the, the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm going with the fifth-round pick, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. And here's the thing, right? Antonio Brown, he signed a one-year deal. Not sure what's going to happen with AB. Chris Godwin, I know Bruce Arians is saying all the right things that they're bringing him back or potential franchise tag on Chris Godwin. We know Mike Evans signed the deal, but I wouldn't be shocked, and I don't have all the cap stuff in front of me, but what if they traded Mike Evans midseason? The point being, Tyler Johnson in limited opportunity flashed as a rookie. He got on the field with Tom Brady. That's saying something for one. And when he when right. he was on the field, he were, he was making plays. Now, I think most dynasty managers that have Tyler Johnson, they're Tyler Johnson truthers. So they're probably right, exactly. not going to part with him for cheap. But if you're talking about, you know, you're a late second rounder, right? A late second round pick in your rookie drafts or maybe some aging type veterans. He's just a player that of all the guys that we talked about, I 
you know, honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but it may be harder to acquire Tyler Johnson than a Corey Davis, uh, you know, depending on what people think of Cortland Sutton in his situation. But just Tyler Johnson is a name you need to keep on your radar, and I'm still trying to actively uh, recruit him to some of my dynasty teams. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting point to bring up Tyler Johnson because, yeah, you do have the people who are Tyler Johnson truthers, right? Extremely productive in college at Minnesota. Now, didn't have the best, at least like overall traits as far as his hands and receiving ability. Phenomenal. Fantastic. But as far as his like twitch, overall top end speed, we knew that he wasn't going to test well. Didn't test at all uh, in the pre-draft process last year. Ended up going in the fifth round off the top of my head. So really was a depth piece here for Tampa Bay. And I think that I was personally not the biggest Tyler Johnson fan because of the overall just athleticism concerns, but yet he got onto the field. And again, you mentioned with Tom Brady, like that matters that it's different than a rookie quarterback and, you know, Tyler Johnson ending up on the field. Like this is Tom Brady that we're talking about. (laughs) And so if you do not have his trust, you do not get on the field. So Tyler Johnson, he does have the path here for relevancy. I think that depending on who the manager is in your league, I think that he's also someone we're starting to move into at least the territory on our list here of the guys that you can throw in as a package, right? If you're moving one of these top tier guys and, you know, and maybe a top tier wide receiver for a top tier running back or whatever, you want to try to balance and sweeten out the deal. Add in a Tyler Johnson because he does have the potential to be someone who turns into a fantasy relevant option. At the very least, he's a solid depth piece, but yet, at that point, that's how you win trades. That's how you win these deals is when you can make a pretty even trade, but you get them to throw in one of these guys that they're not thinking about. They're not thinking about a Denzel Mims and how he can turn into a top tier or not top tier, but yet like a very, very relevant fantasy option. You ask them to include them. You get a two for one option right there. A two for yes. one deal. That's how you sweeten those. So Tyler Johnson, I love the call. It, and I debated putting him on the list. Because of the very reasons that you mentioned, what happens if Antonio Brown doesn't resign? If he right. ends up signing, you know, somewhere else as he reset his value and reset his market, prove that he can stay at least competent on off the field. Right. <laughs> so that all what happens. And in those situations, these are the guys that we're bringing forward. The what happens, what ifs Tyler Johnson, absolutely someone to consider. I'm going to go with a guy who and as soon as I say the name, I'm going to have guys in my home dynasty league who are listening <laughs> that are going to just start laughing. And because this is a guy who I have just been like in love with for the past several seasons. And for some reason, Jacksonville refuses to give him an opportunity or at least a consistent opportunity. And that's Keelan Cole, Keelan Cole wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe that he is a a restricted free agent. He has the potential to leave in free agency this year. Even if he doesn't, if he re-signs here in Jacksonville, we talked about it, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. They're going to see a huge quarterback upgrade. If you move into next season with Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, Colin Johnson, and LaVisca Chanel as your wide receiver core, Keelan Cole has played above Colin Johnson on the depth chart before. So there's a potential that the new coaching staff realizes that Keelan Cole, hey, is actually a pretty talented wide receiver. We should probably give him significant targets at that point. I mean, Keelan Cole, what, 2022 third? Like you can get him dirt cheap. No one wants Keelan Cole except me, apparently. So I guess if you can get Keelan Cole, I think that he's worth, again, as that kind of sweetener, that package sweetener where you can say, hey, I'll trade you this guy for this guy, add in Keelan Cole, because I think that he's worth buying low right now before we see his situation situation either change because of Trevor Lawrence coming to town or we see him go and sign with another NFL team that will give him the opportunity that I think he deserves. 
this this call by you i mean you are money tonight ga you are money like seriously i'm just telling you you are absolute money <laughs> because when i saw keelan cole i was like damn it he took one of my guys <laughs> because i have so many keelan cole shares across my dynasty leagues like and i have my fingers crossed weekly and of course it's the week that he goes off that i don't start him but he's right. got all the talent in the world he can play deep he can play in immediate routes. Like he's a really, really solid wide receiver. And we're not saying that Keelan Cole is the next wide receiver one in fantasy. I'm not saying right. that. Like, don't don't get it twisted here. But you need wide receiver threes. You need flex plays. And I think it, the bigger theme of this is buy Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, get as right. many Jaguars as you can. But I do think Cole is somebody that he's a veteran. Uh, coming off of a 600-yard season, he's going to go in there. He knows he knows how to work hard, and I think Urban Meyer, he may be a player that uh, that Urban really leans on as the veteran pass catcher in that group. So I'm I'm with you on Keelan Cole. I really like that call, man. Let's talk about a tight end here on your list because, mm-hmm. and then I'll mm-hmm. follow it up with a tight end on my list because this is really interesting. Now we just kind of went into our like spreadsheet that we got behind the scenes. We entered in our names. We didn't consult. You've got Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. I have Blake Jarwin of the Dallas Cowboys. So we're ending on either sides here, and I love when we disagree. So let's talk about present your case here for Dalton Schultz. I'll present mine with Blake Jarwin. Okay, so Dalton Schultz, right, coming off of the season that he just had, you do not luck in the 63 receptions and 615 yards as a tight end on an offense that has Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Uh, Michael Gallup, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. And I understand that Dak Prescott only played a handful of games this season, but Dalton Schultz stepped up with the Blake Jarwin injury. And not only did he step up, you have to remember, he was drafted in the fourth round out of Stanford for a reason, right? So he was a high day three pick by the Dallas Cowboys, and he looks phenomenal. He's good in the blocking department, and he's looked very, very good in the receiving game as well. And I'm just from from all the tea leaves being down here in Texas, in Dallas, right, right down the road from old Cowboy Stadium, Jerry World. Everything that I'm hearing is they want to continue to build this offense with CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper and Dalton Schultz is a big part of that. So instead of maybe going completely away from Schultz and and going back to uh, to Jarwin, I don't think Schultz is coming off the field. He's a young tight end. He's talented. He proved himself. He stepped up when given the opportunity this season. And he's got fourth round draft capital behind his name. So if if there were a tight end that I were going to invest in on this Dallas Cowboys offense, it would be Dalton Schultz. And I say all of that and watch him draft Kyle Pitts at pick 10 in the draft. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think for me, obviously, I'm more interested in Blake Jarwin. And I think for me, it's following the money. And mm-hmm. you talk about the draft capital with Dalton Schultz and you know the tea leaves and all this. Now, I can't argue against tea leaves. Those are always 100% accurate. But you know, <laughs> with, with, with Blake Jarwin, I mean, you look he's under contract for the next three seasons. I mean, base salaries of 3.5 in 2021, 4.5 million in 2022, and 5.5 in 2023. So he's going to be around this team for the next several years. They signed him to that contract extension after Jason Witten left. And Blake Jarwin is kind of like unknown, right? He was kind of this, okay, why are you giving that much money to this tight end that we haven't really seen produce? Now, only one catch last season before getting injured and, you know, misses the entire season. So 
Is there a 100% possibility that Blake Jarwin is the main tight end in Dallas next season? No, I don't think so. I think there's a very realistic possibility that we see Dalton Schultz, like you mentioned, as the main guy, because again, he did produce in his opportunity last season. But yet, I think following the money, there's a case to be made here for Blake Jarwin. And now at the tight end position, I don't think you can go wrong with acquiring either one of these guys or maybe even both of them. Right. Because the tight end in Dallas, whoever, excuse me, whoever it is, the tight end in Dallas, whoever it is, is going to be relevant. They're going to have fantasy relevance and they're going to be a guy that you can consistently roll out. Now, I, are they going to be a top five option? No, I don't think so. But yet at the tight end position, if I can at least have a guy who's not going to get me zero points, yep. <laughs> sign me up, you know? So yeah. either one of these guys I'm fine with acquiring. I would personally go after Blake Jarwin. Ray's going to go after Dalton Schultz. We'll monitor this as we move into the entire <laughs> season. We'll uh, we'll have to do some sort of bet on this one to see how this shakes out. But yeah, uh, all right. So Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin, we talked about both of those guys. You got another guy that you want to bring up here as an under the radar dynasty buy. Yes, and I'm going back to the rookie wide receiver pool. 2020, can we just round of applause for the 2020 class of wide receivers? Mm-hmm. Good grief. I mean, just top to bottom, just fantastic. But I want to get a piece of that Buffalo Bills offense, and I know that sounds crazy, right? Buffalo Bills offense, I want a piece of that. But Gabriel Davis, big Gabe Davis, catching passes from, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFL, Josh Allen, coming off of a ridiculous season. You've got the great, terrific, fantastic Stephon Diggs on one side. You got Cole Beasley, man in the slot, and then you've got the six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound Gabe Davis stretching the field, averaging seventeen yards of reception as a rookie. Thirty five catches, almost six hundred yards. Listen, this is not the old Buffalo ground and pound teams of the past. Josh Allen is airing it out. He can extend plays, and Gabe Davis showed an ability to get on the field as a rookie, as a, and I, I believe he was a day three pick at that. So for him to be able to get on the field and play and produce in this offense, I'm not sure the contract situation with John Brown, but I think Gabe Davis rolls into 2021 starting opposite Stephon Diggs, and it would not shock me if he had a Michael Gallup to Amari Cooper type impact here in his second season in the NFL. I I love the call because I was going to write down Gabe Davis myself. You beat me to it. So with Gabe Davis, and you mentioned you didn't know about the John Brown situation, I'll tell you, there are rumors that John Brown is going is not going to be with this team in 2021. Mm. So if that's the case, then 100% Gabe Davis is starting. Now, it's really interesting. You look at all the measurables. Gabe Davis, I was looking at this earlier today, ran a 4.54 40-yard dash, which is odd for him to be utilized as that deep downfield threat. But yet he thrived in that role this past season as that complimentary piece. And then when John Brown was out of the lineup, we absolutely saw Gabe Davis be someone that you can roll into your lineup as a flex worthy play. So, yeah, Gabe Davis, people people have optimism. I don't know if he's going to be someone that you can necessarily buy low, but I think that based on what his value could be halfway through the season in 2021 or whatever, I think that buying him now is someone that is worth the investment because yeah, if John Brown does leave this team, leave Buffalo next in this offseason, then Gabe Davis is 100% going to have a starting role and he can be tied to one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. Yeah. All right. I am going to bring up a running back here. I'm going to go with a guy. This is super under the radar. There are going to be some people listening who might not even know who this is, but I'm going to go with <laughs> JJ Taylor running back out of Arizona, not the Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals. I'm talking about out of college, Arizona, and now with the New England Patriots. 
it is very likely that we see the Patriots move on from James White this season. And so at that point, they need that pass catching option. And J.J. Taylor reminded me a lot of Tariq Cohen coming out of college. Now, he went undrafted, ended up here in New England. I've got I had him on a couple of taxi squads because I was really impressed with him as a uh, college prospect, at least in that pass catching role. Now, if you have that role open up here in this offense, now there are a ton of things that you have to figure out as far as who their quarterback <laughs> is even going to be next season. What does this offense look like? Is Rex Burkhead there? What? There's a ton. I get it. There's a ton that has to be figured out. But J.J. Taylor, you can get him off of your waiver wire in Dynasty Leagues right now. I guarantee it. So yeah. if J.J. Taylor is available, even for a super, super late pick, again, as that package sweetener in a trade, get him involved because I think that in especially full PPR leagues, he could be the guy that we look at and the same way that we looked at James White for a long time, saying that James White was very, very relevant. Now, that was with Tom Brady. I get it. But yet, if they do get a competent passing quarterback in uh, in New England next season, J.J. Taylor could be a guy that we roll out there as a consistent RB3 in full PPR formats. What do you think here of the J.J. Taylor call? Did you like him coming out of college? That's a guy that we haven't talked about. I, I did like his skill set, right? I, I knew he was never going to be a true three-down threat. We know that. But he's actually somebody I talked about early, early in the season over on Destination Debbie. Like, just pick him up and stash him away. He's not going to do anything for you in 2020, but just stash him away because he does fit the mold of a three-down, like of a third-down back, you know, and – in PPR leagues, a reception is worth more than a carry. So I think, and like you said, right now, in majority of dynasty leagues, you probably can get him off of waivers for nothing. So right. these are moves you need to make before they move on from James White. Because if that happens, I promise you, everyone's going to rush the pot for J.J. Taylor, and then by then it's too late. Yep, for sure. Let's go one more. Let's go one more each. Okay, so I'm going to make a lot of people upset. Because the name that I'm going to say is not an under-the-radar name. Everybody knows the name. He was the number one overall pick a couple of years ago in the NFL draft. But I'm going to talk about Baker Mayfield. And here's why I'm bringing up old Baker. A lot of us participate in super flex leagues. It's by far my favorite format of dynasty to play. Fantasy football, super flex. You need two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks. And while the the hotness now is Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert and Burrow and T-Law and Justin Fields, I just watch Baker Mayfield's value just dip, 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 dip. And finally, with Kevin Stefanski at, at, at the head coaching helm, with the prolific rushing attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield put up a very solid season. Nothing that's going to win you a league, right? But you need solid quarterbacks. And I think Baker Mayfield proved just that this past season, got the Browns to the playoffs, got a playoff victory. And I think this may be the turn of something really, really good for a potential top 12 quarterback. So if you're telling me I've got a chance to get a potential top 12 quarterback at sort of a discount right now, for me, Baker is one of those guys that I would love to pair with a Kyler Murray on my team. I would love to pair with the Lamar Jackson to get a little bit of stability, right? So while the name is not under the radar by any stretch, I do believe that what Baker can bring to the table in the future for us in Dynasty is well worth the cost of acquisition, even if that cost is a little bit more. And I pose the question, Kyle, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or a Mac Jones? 
Oh, that's going to be Baker for me. Okay. Uh, that's that's okay. going to tie into our next segment. But okay. yeah, I will definitely have Baker for okay. sure. That's, and, that's, and the reason I say that is Mac is probably going to cost you a late first, early second, yep. and super flex leagues. Yep. So if you're telling me I could make that trade, Baker Mayfield is one of those one of those quarterbacks, and it's hard to get quarterbacks in Dynasty. Quarterbacks that are worth something, it's difficult. But Baker is one of those guys I put some offers out for. That's a great way of looking at it, man. Yeah, you talk about the value of Mac Jones and where he he's got some fans, and I know that you're one of them. Like where where is he going to land in Superflex? What's he going to cost? Okay, well that identifies as a 108, 109 in a Superflex. Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Mac Jones or would you have Baker? I said that's easily Baker. Well, then that Mm -hmm. means that I'm willing to trade the 109, the 108 for him. So, yeah, I love the way that you pose that. I'm going to bring up one more guy here. I'm going to talk about the tight end position again. I'm going to go with Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. Mm -hmm. Now, Gerald Everett, this all hinges on Gerald Everett leaving in free agency. So, but now you're looking at a quarterback upgrade here with Matthew Stafford coming over from the Detroit Lions. This offense is going to be practically unstoppable next season, in my opinion. That's how much of a fan I am of Matthew Stafford, and especially when you pair him with Sean McVay. So Tyler Higby, you do have Bryson Hopkins there as the tight end too, but yet, and I was a fan of Bryson Hopkins coming out of Purdue last season, but yet at the same time, it's not going to be enough where I think that Tyler Higby isn't going to have relevance. So Tyler Higby, people are down on him because he was one of these guys that was billed as a top 10 tight end moving into this season. He went on that dominant stretch at the end of 2019 And we thought that, okay, this is the next breakout tight end. And then he fell flat in 2020. Now this is the time where you go and buy him for super cheap because his situation just improved. And even before, and I want to mention him here now because Gerald Everett hasn't left in free agency yet. As soon as that happens, that's when you're going to see people start to connect the dots and say, okay, Tyler Higby is going to be this next guy that I want to go acquire. No, go do it now because Gerald Everett hasn't left in free agency. You can go get him super cheap. So Anything that you wanted to mention here, Ray, before we move on to a 2021 QB QB preview, any other guy that you want to just kind of sneak in here really quick? I'm just going to say the name Nelson Aguilar. I'm just going to say the name Nelson Aguilar. I will say the name too, with no context, <laughs> Antonio Gandy-Golden. Okay, we now go. we're moving on. I'll let yep. people figure out what they want to with Antonio Gandy-Golden. Yep. Uh, you can read into that, whatever you want. Okay, 2021 QB preview. Now, this is really just going to be... a Fun exercise for us to just kind of get our rankings out there in front of you guys. We'll have plenty of time before the NFL draft and even after where we look at our rankings for these guys. Ray and I are both film guys. We sit down, we study the tape. We have put together grades and stuff like this on these guys. We put together our rankings. So I'm going to turn it over to Ray. Who were your top five 2021 QB rankings here? Or your 2021 QBs heading into this uh, draft class. And let's make sure, again, we've got a wide range of audience here. So let's just make sure that we mention the school that they play for and just a brief summary of why we like them there at that spot. I'll turn it to you first. Okay. I just have to ask, Kyle, should I go chalk or should I upset the people first? Should I oh, make let's them upset, mad? Let's upset the people. All right. Well, I'm going to make them mad because at five, I have Zach Wilson quarterback out of BYU. At four, I have Mac Jones quarterback, Alabama. At three, Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. At two, Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. And at one, Trevor Lawrence. Y'all know who he is. Quarterback, Clemson. All right. I'll uh, I'll upset the people, too. Uh, <laughs> and I'm definitely going to upset the people. At number five, I have Kellen Mond, Texas A&M. At number four, 
I have Zach Wilson, BYU. Number three, I have Justin Fields. Number two, I have Trey Lance, North Dakota State. And then number one, Trevor Lawrence. So let's talk about here. Let's focus in before we jump all over my Kellen Mond take. Let's jump over to you and let's talk about Zach Wilson there at five. Now, there are mock drafts out there. People that are listening are reading our mock drafts and stuff like that. They're seeing Zach Wilson at number two overall to the New York Jets a ton. So I've got him at four. You've got him at five. Why is Zach Wilson down a little bit further in your rankings as comparative to being the number two overall quarterback off the board in some mock drafts right now? Yeah, and it's one of the things that I vowed to do this year is to just trust my eye, trust what I know about the game. And I just, and I know this is going to sound really, really simple. I just like what the other quarterbacks bring to the table a little bit more. And that's not to say that I dislike Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson 100% is going to be a first-round pick quarterback, and I believe he should be a first-round talent at the quarterback position, probably top 15. I wouldn't personally take him at number two overall, but, you know, I'm not sitting in the GM seat in in New York or New Jersey or wherever they play at. But I, <laughs> I, I know he has the arm talent. I, I see it. I think it's a little overblown. I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I don't see that. It's just because he made him. like one or two sidearm throws. That's and why that's, we're talking about him at Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I just want to say thank you for saying that because a couple of highlights and now he's Patrick Mahomes when I've seen – the rinky-dinkiest of quarterbacks do that in certain right. games and nobody says anything. But, I mean, listen, playing at BYU, the level of competition, you know, really was not there. I, I, I'm taking that into consideration. I see the arm talent. Um, but for me, I just like what I see from the other quarterbacks a little bit more than Zach Wilson. And that doesn't mean I just hate Zach Wilson. I just like the other four better. Yeah, completely. That's the same situation here with me at number four. Now, in some draft classes, would Zach Wilson be my number one quarterback? Yeah, maybe. Like, it depends on who the other quarterbacks are there. But yet, I think that Zach Wilson is a very, very talented prospect. I think that he has a very high ceiling. Now, I think that he's got his issues. I think that he still has plenty of room to grow. But yet, I do like these other guys above him. Zach Wilson, though, at number four does not mean that I dislike him. Now, I'm going to talk about my ranking of Kellen Mond here and my exclusion of two popular guys of Mac Jones that you have at number four and then Kyle Trask. Now, Kyle Trask was both out of our top five. Kyle Trask, the quarterback at Florida, put together a phenomenal senior season here. Helps when you're throwing to Kyle Pitts, right? So with with Kellen Mond at five and with my exclusion of Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, I'm going to talk about this quick. We'll expound on it in, in later episodes. I'm going to call this like the Jake Fromm effect for me. Now, Jake Fromm last season... I was all aboard Jake Fromm. I had him, I think, as my number three quarterback heading into the NFL draft behind behind Burrow and Tua. Now, it was a gap between the two of them, right? There was a tear break, but Jake Fromm's still sitting there at number three because, one, I loved his intelligence. I loved his football IQ, his accuracy and decision-making. Those were very, very high traits that I placed a significant weight on. Then we saw the NFL tell us where the game is going. And that is less away from the ability to process multiple reads, right? Like that's still important, of course, like don't hear me, but yet don't hear me wrong. But yet at the same time, arm strength and improvisation or athleticism and movability are the top three traits here that we need to evaluate NFL quarterbacks moving forward, in my opinion, because it was Jake Fromm and there was uh, Anthony Gordon, Anthony Gordon out of Washington State was yep. a guy who I was a big fan of last year, too. I had him as my number five quarterback, I think, uh, 
in between with Justin Herbert in between the two of them. So heading into last, those are two guys that one could not operate out of structure. They were pocket passers. And we're seeing that sort of die out in the NFL. Philip Rivers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, like these guys, Drew Brees, right? These were all pocket passers. And the NFL game is changing. So I want to roll with the punches. I want to take that into consideration. And Kellen Mond is one of those guys who, now there is a significant break between Zach Wilson and then Kellen Mond, right? But yet at the same time, Kellen Mond, extremely strong arm can move. Now it's not the main trait of his game, but yet can move, operate outside of structure. And that's something where I don't see Mac Jones thriving. And I don't especially don't see Kyle Trask thriving. So Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, they're just going to be two guys that I think they are incredibly talented. If they came out of the, uh, came out of college football 10 years ago, I think that they would have been guaranteed top 10 picks in my opinion. But yet with the way the NFL game is changing, I just don't think that the NFL is going to value them as highly because they don't have one rocket arms and they aren't, they're not statues by any means, but yet they don't, they aren't able to operate outside of structure in the same way that you see the NFL game changing and turning towards. So that's why I have Kellen Mond there at five. And then I have Mac Jones and Kyle Trask a little bit further down my board. I'm going to turn this back over to you. What do you think of that? I'm just going to say this, Kyle. Just going to say this because we do not have enough time for me to dive into the dissertation of Mac Jones. <laughs> but you better prepare your bones because he's going to be the new quarterback of the Chicago Bears. So just get oh. ready. I can't wait <laughs> until you have to root for Mac Jones week oh. after week. But listen, I, I love the call of Kellen Mond. I have him ahead of Kyle Trask myself. I have him at six. So I think every – and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm looking and reading tea leaves and – hearing things at the senior bowl that he's one of those players who is probably going to be drafted a little bit higher than a lot of people think he's going to be drafted at. And I do think he's a player that needs to sit and learn. And right. you know, you don't, you definitely don't want him playing early, right? But there's something there. If, if it can be unlocked, I do think that Kellen Mond is the, the quintessential like stash quarterback that you acquire and you can't and tip pro tip. Everybody out there, the cheapest you get quarterbacks is in your rookie draft, period. You don't yep. get them any cheaper than your rookie draft. So a player like Kellen Mond, who has all the talent in the world, we just need to see it unlocked. I really like that call uh, of having him in your five. But I'm not going to get into Mac today. I have him at four. He's going to be the quarterback of the Bears, so get ready so we can move <laughs> on to 3-2-1. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, we'll uh, again, like I mentioned, we will definitely be breaking down these guys in depth as we move throughout the offseason. We've got plenty of time that we are going to be talking about and our scouting takeaways and all this with, but I'll just say this as an overall preview and, and people talk about like, what's the strength of the class? The top four guys here that we talked about with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, in whatever order we have them, very, very solid prospects have the potential to be great in the NFL, each of them. And mm -hmm. this is the year that if you are sitting there with a top five super flex rookie pick, you're sitting in a good spot if you need quarterbacks. So these yeah. are very, very solid quarterbacks. And especially as we look towards next year, and I'll just ask you this super quick before we get out of here. The 2022 class, you've got guys like Sam Howell, uh, Keaton Slovis. Are, those are kind of guys that, is there anyone else there? What's the overall strength of the 2022 class in comparison to the 2021? Yeah, I, I still think that 2021 is better. I think the the guy that the, the two that we're going to be talking about more than anybody is Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma, who I have yep. as quarterback one. And I think it's, a decent little gap between he and Howe, but you've got Rattler, Howe, uh, uh, Desmond Ritter, 
you know, right. Keaton Slovis. It's it's okay, but you want to get your quarterback here, and if not, you want to make sure you get one of the top two or three guys in 2022 and just some Twitter chatter, right? You know, I'm always on the Twitter. The tea leaves always fall to old GQ. But <laughs> NFL evaluators are saying that they're not enamored by any of the 2022 guys. So there may be situations where a Kellen Mond, a Kyle Trask, a Mac Jones go even higher than we think because they're kind of weary of the 2022 class. Yep, absolutely. And if that does happen, we will be here to break it down and make sure that you are prepared for your dynasty league. That's going to do it for today's show. Ray, anything else for the people before we get out of here? Nah, we appreciate you listening. Please spread the word. Uh, you know, rate and review the show. We really appreciate it. Come on over to Fantasy Pros. Tons of great stuff going on. And and keep the questions and the comments flowing to Kyle and I. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for the ratings and reviews already, guys. Again, just blows our mind. And so we're so appreciative. Thank you so much. We'll be back later on this week with another episode for Ray Garvin. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.